Hey, welcome to Taco the Town, the podcast where it's always Taco Tuesday. I'm your host, Dave, and I've still never met a taco I didn't like. Guys, this is our post-Super Bowl and post-Valentine's Day episode of Taco the Town. It was a rough, tough week in Kansas City last week. I'm sure we're all still getting over that Super Bowl loss and any Valentine's Day losses that we might have had. And it's freezing outside, literally below zero outside. It's cold and crusty in KC, but we've got some hot taco talk to melt your icy heart. Taco the Town is the show where we review great places in Kansas City to get tacos. We'll be joined by special guests who will share their favorite taco places and taco memories with us. We're going to share stories, share laughs, and most importantly, share socially distant tacos. Welcome to Taco the Town. Let's find out what taco place we'll be reviewing this week. This week's taco destination is Salsa Grill Cantina, located at 6508 Martway, Mission, Kansas, 66202. It's tucked into that little shopping center there right next to Italian Delight in Thai Orchid. That place, I'm sure you've driven past Salsa Grill many times. It's been open for over 16 years, and they say... That Salsa Grill is the home of the best salsa in Kansas City. With a name like Salsa Grill, their salsa has to be good. We're going to put their salsa to the test and their tacos to the test tonight on Taco the Town. We've got some special guests to help us review the tacos tonight. Let's meet this week's special taco reviewer guests. Our first guest is an actress, avid reader, and Netflix marathoner who's inspired by anything aquatic, hashtag Jessie Likes Aquatic, and all creatures great and small. Her paranormal fascination began with family lore and hasn't stopped yet. Interests include all things archaeological and chocolate. It's her fourth time here on Taco the Town. I believe that's correct. Welcome to Taco the Town, Jessie Burkett. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being back. Did I say that right? Burkett? Burkett. Burkett. <laughs> kind of like a charcoal burkett, right? Yep. 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 Is that what that's called? Yeah. It's okay. spelled differently, okay. but yes, the same. Okay. Um, let's meet our second guest, as you guys are a duo. She is a displaced Kansas Cityan with a theater background like the classic Keanu Reeves movie, Speed, if she stops, she dies. And when she isn't communing with interdimensional creatures from German folklore, she can almost always be found writing novels, wearing sweatpants, and listening to a combination of musicals, Fall Out Boy and 90s hip-hop. Currently living it up in pandemic Germany, 
Welcome to Taco the Town, Rue Jean Spence. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. And this is our first time on Taco the Town talking to someone in Germany. I'm super excited to break the seal. The taco capital of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wherever I am is the taco capital of Germany. <laughs> I know right. that's right. That's good to know. Um, together, you are the hosts of the Supposedly podcast. Each yep. week on Supposedly, Jesse and Rue tell true crime, paranormal, and mystery stories that they can't believe happened, but supposedly they're true. They talk all things macabre, true crime, conspiracy theories, cryptids, and paranormal tales, and more in an easy-to-digest, fun style. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for yeah. letting us come and talk tacos. We're happy to talk tacos and spooky stuff and, and just hang out with you for a little bit, Dave. So yeah. when did the show start and how long have you been doing it? We started in June. Um, we kind of had the idea back in April after once I moved here, Jesse and I were like, okay, let's really dedicate some time to our friendship and make sure that we stay in touch because, you know, it's easy when there's so much geographical space between you. And our idea of hanging out is watching really bad ghost hunting shows. And it kind of slowly turned into just us talking about our experiences that we've had or like, oh, do you know about this true crime? Oh, do you know about this cryptid? And it was like, man, if we're already going to do this, like, let's do it up. Yeah, absolutely. So at the beginning of the pandemic, obviously, Rue's overseas. And we used to have these pizza nights where we would watch paranormal shows and just talk about everything. It was kind of started out as our way to continue that tradition while really continuing to work on our friendship from afar, just like she said. But we've fallen in love with it, and I don't think we're going to stop anytime soon. Now, I've listened to the show, and I just need to know, have you guys ever experienced any poltergeist activity involving tacos? <laughs> like floating tacos, maybe a taco rubbing up against you that's floating through a hallway, anything like a... Like, <laughs> You're sitting down to eat tacos, and the tacos just start to lift out of the pan and fly around. Let me know. No. Have you guys heard so of any actually, tales like this? Or? A poltergeist is usually characterized by a being that attaches to a young adolescent or a young female. I certainly am not so young anymore, and no super young females or adolescents around the house a lot. I do live in a haunted house that has a ghost named Jim that we have verified recently did, in fact, exist and live there. But he has not done anything taco related yet maybe i'll i'll ask him to to tell me a little bit about his favorite taco via an evp or something yeah maybe set up a uh, a little like a seance or something involving tacos to see if jim responds to tacos i think that he would his family immigrated from mexico so it's very possible that he has a love of tacos rue what about your basement demon i don't think my basement demon enjoys tacos i can't say that i've had any taco experiences the closest i've probably come is like a ghost pepper sauce on some tacos oh okay i gotcha yeah yeah. yeah. Now, tell me about the taco scene in Germany. I mean, I hear that is a taco wasteland. Is is that the truth? So, my husband and I, my husband in particular, really likes spice. And uh, we'll go out to eat, I mean, obviously pre-pandemic. And he'd be like, oh, and can you make that spicy for me? And they'd be like, of course, absolutely. It would be our pleasure. And then they'll, like, bring out black pepper, and they'll be like, so spicy. <laughs> and he's like, thanks. So it, it's not really a Latin flavor scene. Um, there are a couple places. There's one here in town where I live that's like a Tex-Mex. But it's pretty much the, the white people taco night song 
in like German restaurant form. Right. It's <laughs> pretty sad. So. So I bet you're really missing some American tacos, aren't you? Man, I am. When are you getting back? Do you know? So we're contracted for another year and a half or so. Because your husband's in the military? Yeah. Yep. He's army. Do the um, army people ever eat tacos? Do they have a taco stash <laughs> that you don't know about that you could maybe procure for uh, your home? You know, there, there are people really from all over in the military. And I've gotten to eat some pretty great food that some of our friends have made us. I have a couple of friends who are Latina. And they will throw down on some on some tacos. So I'm very fortunate for that to at least kind of get my fix. Cool. Good. I'm, I'm so sorry about your situation being so far away <laughs> from tacos that are delicious American tacos. But I'm sure when you get back, you will have a feast. for. <laughs> you know, when, when they say thank you for your sacrifice to the troops, I don't think that they've ever meant tacos. <laughs> but that's one of my greatest sacrifices, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so, Jesse and Rue, your show... What episode are you on now? At least when, while we're recording this, what um, number? I'm editing 39. 39. Awesome. Yeah. And wow. each episode you I guys tell. Uh-huh. So Jesse tells a story and Rue, you tell a story. Yep. So we it's alternate. two stories and an episode. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you guys to kind of give me a rundown of your top five favorite stories you've told on the show so far. Okay. So my fifth favorite story, and this is a hard one because it's one of my personal favorite true crimes, is going to be the Gillette murder. Basically, an heir to the Gillette Razor Fortune, before it was the Gillette Razor Fortune, got a girl pregnant that was beneath him in status, took her out in a rowboat, and bludgeoned her with an oar. And she haunts the lake to this day. Whoa, what lake is that? It's in New York. I forget. I didn't write it down right now. But it's it was a landmark case because... It really talked about paternity and how a lot of men in this this era in Victorian times weren't held responsible for fathering children out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a it was a landmark case in that, and I just feel so bad for for the girl that was killed. And they've said they've seen her ghost on the lake. Yes, she's now the White Lady of the Lake. She appears almost as a mist at first, and then she becomes a full body apparition. And she's also really detected with this sense of forlorn and sadness. It's a very sad story. Mm-hmm. She thought she was going to go get married, and instead she got taken out in the lake. Such a bummer. Rue, what's saw, your fifth? <laughs> you guys saw a lot of, a lot of bummer, bummer stories. We do. But we they do. always end up, and now they're, now they're a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a lot of bummers that's like, all right, how do we make this funny so we don't just leave people crying? And we, right. we do our best. Um, yeah. My number five is actually the first episode we ever recorded, and it was the Whitechapel Club of Chicago. Oh, I love that, that one. one. So for those of you who have not listened to that episode, the Whitechapel Club was this underground secret society started by journalists that had some high-key occult vibes. They were like, oh, let's just casually like drink out of human skulls and do rituals. No biggie. We're just newspaper men, LOL. Like... It's a whole secret society, and I'm just fascinated by it. And then they had, yeah, they had real, real skulls in in the. Uh, I'm sure all these old secret societies did, but they were real skeletons of, mm-hmm. and they used them as as decoration and and glasses. Yeah, that was a crazy story. I love. I'd never heard of that one, and I I loved it. That was a yeah, great one. It was news to me. I'm I'm from the Midwest, and I didn't know about it. Uh, I found out about it while re- reading the uh, Devil in the White City 
H.H. H. Holmes book by Eric Lawson. And I was like, hold oh, on, I what? Because it was like yeah. on one page. And I was like, excuse me, you don't get to just say like the secrets and just be like, moving on. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jesse, what's your number four? I'm going to do a twofer here because they tie for me. I think my number four would definitely have to be Heaven's Gate. I did a really in-depth, yeah. deep dive into the Heaven's Gate cult, and it's one of my favorites specifically because Rue and I did the worst sing-along of our lives <laughs> to a adapted version of Doe a Deer from that the Heaven's Gate cult used to sing. Yeah. Uh, and then that ties with my episode on cursed gems. I did an episode where I counted down some of the most popular cursed gemstones of all time and what their curses pertain to. Of course, the Hope Diamond was featured in that one. That reminds me, Jesse, don't you collect haunted artifacts? Aren't you starting a collection of <laughs> haunted or cursed artifacts? It's actually just a collection of antiquities, but some of them have come with some not pleasant things. Well, just one, in fact. I have a piece of coal from the Titanic that I saw an entity around one night, but I'm not 100% sure it was tied to the coal. Um, It was just a new thing I had just acquired and put in the house when this entity popped up, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's attached to the coal. It was kind of standing by it, so. How do you come across something like that? Is it just on the internet? eBay. She eBay. has her okay. ways. <laughs> it's eBay. I, I, but I always get authentications and certificates of authenticity. I make sure that I'm buying from antiquities dealers that have good reputations with high reviews. I have some ancient Egyptian Yushapti. I have some mummy beads. I have a metal detector find that was a Viking Age ring. So I have a ring that a Viking actually Whoa. wore. And it fits me. And I love that thing. And I wear it sometimes. And I have the Titanic coal. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever have that just sitting in my bedroom. It would freak me out too much. It's my second piece of Titanic coal, actually, yeah. too. Cause the fir- <laughs> I think the first one was actually a cursed object because one of the cats um, disintegrated it with their... Uh, urine. Yeah, it fell behind my bed in this like tub, and one of the cats peed on it because I guess it smelled like cat litter, and they melted an actual artifact from the Titanic, and I was so angry. <laughs> I'm like, this survived a shipwreck in over a hundred years, and then you come along, take a squat on it, and it's gone. That was before uh, cats peed on things. It was like the early 1900s. Cats <laughs> didn't pee on things yet. Rue, do you have a number four? Yeah, so my number four is probably the disappearance of Chris Kramers and Lysanne Froon. They were two hikers down in Panama. They were actually foreign exchange um, students, and they were down there to kind of do a mission trip. And they went missing under some really unique circumstances, and we found some evidence. There was like a, a backpack really intact, but most interestingly is that there were some photos still on their camera. They had a digital camera with them um, that just really give this air of mystery to the case. And that's one of my personal favorites because that's where we coined the hashtag no bras in nature. That's part of why it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag no bras in nature. Correct. Yeah. It- yeah. In the sense that if you're going to be stranded in the wilderness in a survival situation and you're good friends with the person, you're not wearing a bra. That's uncomfortable. It's going to pinch. It's going to hurt you. Yeah. Rue and I can barely be in a room together wearing bras. So this originated because in their backpack that was found, their bras were in it. And people are like, oh, that's evidence. That clearly means something. And me and Jesse are like, well, maybe. But maybe they were just two best friends who didn't want to wear bras because bras are the literal worst. Especially when you're stranded in the wilderness. Like, what year was this? 
Was this before sports bras? Not before. That's just not what they had. Okay. Yeah. And also, I don't care if it's a sports bra or a regular bra. If I'm <laughs> stranded in the nature trying to survive, it's coming off. Yeah. They might have been abducted by aliens, and the aliens were like, no bras. Take your bras <laughs> off. And they're like, okay. And then they got zapped up. Do you think maybe that could have happened? You know, I, I'm on the case. That's a really interesting <laughs> hypothesis. I'm going to have to do some Reddit sleuthing now. Unfortunately, some of their remains were found. Oh, so. sorry. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, well, but that's not to say they couldn't have been abducted before. That yeah, and then just happened. dropped. Dropped. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse, what's your next one? Okay, my next one is the uh, baby farmer, Amelia Dyer. So do you know what a baby farmer is? No. It was someone in like Victorian era who would offer to take unwanted children off their mother's hands and place them up for adoption. Well, the problem with this is that it wasn't really regulated. So there were a lot of what they called baby farmers who would acquire these babies from their mothers, claim to give them a good home, and then kill them and take the money that the mother had provided for the child. Uh, sometimes they would adopt the babies out. But in this particular case, Amelia Dyer um, massacred just a ton of children. Wow. Yeah, it was a landmark case in um, adoption regulations, which I found really fascinating. I know both of my murders have babies in them, and I feel like yeah. that's weird, but I don't know. <laughs> I do like also how if you go back and listen to this episode, you get to hear the moment the innocence dies in Dave when he's like, do you know what a baby farmer is? No. And and if you stop right there, you get to have a peaceful, happy, innocent life. But then Jesse right. just ruins that for you. See, I just pictured like on just our this, podcast. Yep. I pictured this happy little farmer, like kind of like uh, Cabbage Patch no. kids and little baby. No. Yeah. No. Then no. Jesse just destroyed that whole thing yep. for me. Yep. Rue, what's your next one? Uh, so my next I think one, we're on number three, right? Yep. Number three for me is the Canfield Moreno Estate, which is now known as the Paramore Hotel. And this was built by famous movie stars of that golden era. Um, had some not so great stuff happen. There were a couple of deaths involved. Um, and today it's kind of known as this really sexy hotel that's a recording studio um some bands like even britney spears shot a music video there my chemical romance shot a whole or recorded a whole album there and everyone says it's just super super dark and super super haunted and i'm fascinated by it haunted af yeah what um what murders happened there daisy canfield who was the woman who helped to create this house, she died in a car accident, I believe. It's been a minute since we covered that one, which was not so great. So it's not necessarily a murder, but there was some people who think maybe that it was foul play, that her chauffeur killed her. It's just, it's got a lot of allure around it. Jesse, what's your number two? My number two is going to be Nazi sea monkeys. So this was a nifty nostalgia we did. Um, about the creator of Sea Monkeys and how he was actually a Nazi sympathizer and supporter. We also talked about the history of Sea Monkeys and how brine shrimp are the only living creature whose lifespan has been altered to match that of a toy. That whole episode, that story blew my mind because you went so in-depth on Sea Monkeys. I knew nothing about Sea Monkeys except for that. I always wondered if they were real. I saw them in the back of my comic book growing up yeah. all the time wanting to order them and then you just you just blew the lid open on that whole on sea monkeys for me i had no idea that that's what they really were they're they're really brine shrimp right yep altered brine shrimp and yeah. all of that and the story guy who invented them was a nazi right 
Yeah, who also invented like this taser-like baton that all the proceeds went to white supremacy groups. It was a very interesting one, but that whole story came about because my sea monkeys died that week and in mourning their loss, I was like, let's get into sea monkeys and do that for a nifty nostalgia. And I was like, oh, the guy's a Nazi. What? Okay, now we have to do it. Yeah, you blew my mind too that you actually own sea monkeys and they died that week. <laughs> I just, I don't think I've ever met anyone that actually owns sea monkeys. Oh, I love sea monkeys. I have a sea monkeys on Mars aquarium. So they're in space with a little UFO. It's, it's my favorite. <laughs> and also an interesting fact about that particular story is that the litigation for his estate is still ongoing till today. Um, his wife lost wow. all the proceeds to Sea Monkeys through a, a deal with a toy company, and she's been fighting ever since to get it back. And Sea Monkeys look nothing <laughs> like the illustration in the back no. of comic books, yeah. right? Of course not. <laughs> Do you think it would be possible to get a tiny, 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 tiny taco and have a sea monkey hold it? Is that impossible? Do they have arms? They do have little hands and they can technically, well, not little hands. They're little like tentacle things. Uh -huh. um, and they can hold objects. Uh, you can actually buy them a sea monkey treat, which is banana flavored. Jokingly, I don't think it's actually banana flavored. <laughs> but you can order that for $2.99 at the back of one of those comics. And they also have little toys they can play with that are these little floating gemstone type things that they just swim through and bump around. And wow, that's amazing. I love that story. What episode was that? That was like That was super two? early, yeah. Was that early on, yeah. yeah. That was very early on. Rue, what's your number two? All right. My number two is a doozy. Uh, the survival story of Mary Vincent is my number two. Mm. And uh, Mary Vincent was a 17-year-old girl who was hitchhiking. And she got into a vehicle with a truck driver who was a little questionable. And he attempted to assault her. And she fought back and he ended up cutting off both of her arms at the elbow and oh, she yeah, crawled her way out about three miles down the road and got picked up and saved and she was so brave and testified at his case but he ended up getting out of prison and then murdered somebody else jeez so that one's that one's pretty rough um yeah that one was rough of survival i remember that is, one incredible to me I, I can't imagine the fortitude to get through that what a badass oh yeah she's 17 like she's a kid man when did this Just happen 70s um, yeah 70s Jeez. i think 60s 70s yeah. it was the 70s or yeah i think it was like 75 yeah. so all those truck driver movies in the 70s are not really all that happy there's really a dark side to them yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's rough. Okay. Not all truck drivers, but <laughs> that particular one. Hashtag not all truck drivers. <laughs> Jesse, what's your number one favorite story you've told on your podcast so far? My number one favorite story is going to be Pirate Party, the tale of Sam Bellamy, the Prince of Pirates. And I love this for so many reasons. Once I'm, yeah. for one, I'm a huge pirate fan. Um, I love anything nautical. We have the hashtag Jesse Loves Aquatic. And although I normally choose aquatic stories, this aquatic story chose me. Also, Rue and I were in person for this. Yeah. So we really got to kind of reunite and have a great in banter. It's the only episode we've done in person. And we also pitched a great movie starring Jonah Hill and who else was Will in it? Ferrell, James, James Franco, Franco, Jonah Hill, Will Ferrell. Called Pirate Party? Yep. Yes. So what's the story? Oh, 
I guess I should tell you that. Okay, well, the story is of the pirate Sam Bellamy, who was known as the Prince of Pirates because he had a very Robin Hood mentality of stealing from the rich but kind of keeping to himself and his crew. He paid his crew all equal shares, and a lot of them were former slaves or Native Americans that didn't have any other opportunities at the time. And he really didn't set out to join piracy. He set out to work on a ship and in the Navy and all that, and that didn't really pan out for him. So him and his buddy get into piracy kind of as a last resort. Uh, he had a fantastic reputation. He had fallen in love with this girl. Oh, what was her name? Mary. Mary. Um, he falls in love with this girl, and he goes, he promises her he's going to marry her, and he goes out to seek his fortune. He's unable to make his fortune. He's not really respected by her parents. Then he acquires the ship, becomes a pirate, becomes one of the wealthiest pirates, and on his way back to marry her, uh, his ship is unfortunately sunk. And the ship he was pirating at the moment was the Wita Galley, which is one of the, if not the only, fully recovered pirate treasure vessels that we have today. Cool. Now, do you think pirates ever ate tacos? That's the question that comes up yeah, all the a time lot of pirates, on our show. Uh, a lot of pirates frequented Mexico and a lot of those areas. So that's very possible that they could have eaten tacos. I would 100% guarantee it. Just the idea of pirates enjoying tacos on a big pirate ship is really, really excites me. It makes, makes me think that, that I want to time travel back to that time because it's a very freeing time being on a pirate ship, eating a taco with the, the ocean sloshing by you and, and just enjoying the sun, maybe having a parrot keat on your shoulder or a parrot and Did eating you tacos. parrot keat? Parrot keat. <laughs> It's and enjoying Christian. tacos with a bird, you know, yeah. it just makes me think that, you know, tacos have been around for longer than we really think, you know. What? Dave want a taco? What? <laughs> Dave want a taco? Uh, what's your number one story, Rue? Jesse already knows what I'm about to say. My number one story is the Dyatlov Pass incident. Oh, that's a good one. I went pretty hard on this one. I, I'm, it's taken me a couple weeks to kind of come out of it. Um, you did. You broke down the travel yeah. of of every of all the hikers from, and I was like, "Wow, you went really in depth." You started with like all their travel itinerary and all that. So, yeah. oh, they are her babies now. They are. They're they're like my little siblings at this point, um, and they're old enough. They would have been old enough to be my grandparents, but they really became people to me. And I think that that's something that me and Jesse really try and do is remember that there are people behind the stories that we're covering. And the truth of the Dyatlov Pass is that nine people, eight of them being kids, all under like 25, lost their lives. And it happened in a really mysterious way, but no matter what happened, it was a tragedy. But yeah, they, they definitely, I wanted to tell the story of, of who these people were as human beings. And it just turns out that they did some pretty cool stuff, like fight off bears and survive snake bites and even get shot in the leg while hiking Dick Cheney style. Now, did you see the news this week that broke that they think it's a, it was an avalanche that killed I- them? I did. What do you think about those results? <laughs> it's funny. I've kind of become Dyatlov Pass Girl, and I love that moniker because that story broke, and being in Germany, I'm like seven hours ahead, and so the next morning I woke up to just like a flood. I had a, a, about a dozen people send that article to me. I don't buy it. I, I they've been know. saying it's an avalanche since 1959, and avalanches don't cut off your tongue. And also, I mean, part of that, people are like, oh, an animal did that. But, like, 
there was blood in the stomach, which shows that it happened while she was alive. She was swallowing that. And, and also, avalanches just... don't make it look like something came out of your stomach and destroyed your, your body from the inside. Exactly. Radioactive. So, yeah, right. there's... Do you think... Do you go with the radioactive um, story? Is that what your final analysis is on that? So, we talked about it on our episode. My final analysis is... That it's weird. And when sometimes when things are weird, the weird explanation is the one that sticks. I do believe that there was some kind of an air blast that happened, that it was either something taking off, like a, you know, a secret Soviet test missile, or something else aircraft that would lead us more towards the UFO area. But I think something blew up or exploded that caused that impact, and I think that that also had some radiation. But I think it's interesting that, like, a cup of hot cocoa was still sitting up right in the tent waiting for them to come back. Avalanches Uh, don't do that. Right. What do you think of the photo that they took or that they found that looks like a Yeti? What do you think of that photo? I think that's one of the boys who went to go to the bathroom, and they had a camera, and they went, hey, Nikolai. And he was like, what? What? And looks like a Yeti. And he just kind of looked like a Yeti from the back. I mean, you have to remember that it was, like, in the negatives, up there, so they were right. all bundled from head to toe. Like everyone, kind of looked like a Yeti on a 1959 film roll. All right, so I've got. Um, I just want to know where you guys kind of stand on some of these paranormal phenomenon that um, that you talk about on the show. I just want to know which of these do you believe the most, or do you believe them all? So. Okay. Where do you fall on ghosts? Are you believers? 100% true. I live with one. I've seen them. Um, I am 100% convinced ghosts exist. Now, whether it be an impression left in soil and humidity that causes apparitions to appear, that um, could be said. I don't know why they're there, but I do believe in intelligent and unintelligent hauntings, poltergeists, and and everything else. Mm-hmm. Rue? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen them. I've lived with them. I've talked to them. I've heard from them. Yeah, there's there's beyond a shadow of a doubt an existence of, of the afterlife for me. What about aliens and UFOs? True. Have you ever seen an, a UFO? Uh-huh. She's like, uh-huh, yeah. I know. She just casually will do that sometimes <laughs> on the show, and I'm like, okay, and, yes, and let's do improv. Can you c- keep going okay. with that? Well, she is eating, she is eating chips right yes, now. Yes, so. I, I saw a UFO, actually, with uh, Josh Berwanger. He can verify this. We saw it together. It was over the ocean when we were in North Carolina. There had been a lot of reported sightings in that area. It's not too, ar- too off from um, an army base. But it was in the news the next day, and I did, in fact, get it on video. So, yes, I believe in UFOs. I also believe in aliens, but I don't think every UFO is an alien. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a UFO, to my knowledge, um, but I absolutely believe in them. I covered the the Fermi paradox pretty early on in our podcast, which kind of scared the heck out of me because aliens just terrify me. Like, I know how to handle a ghost. I've seen tons of ghosts. Uh, but aliens are just so out of my realm of knowledge that they terrify me. But my, my philosophy is I'm not narcissistic enough to believe that we're the only intelligent life out there. The universe is so big and getting bigger every day that it has to be possible just by the random dice rolls. Now, these next two, I think, are your guys' favorites. Rue, you're a big Bigfoot and Yeti enthusiast, right? I get it from my husband. He makes us listen to the Sasquatch Chronicles podcast pretty much every night while we fall asleep. Okay. And you're a believer in Bigfoot? Yeah, I am of of some sort. I'm not sure that it's what everyone says it is, but I'm I'm 
curious, and I'm sure that there's some kind of animal that we don't know what it is. And Jesse, you are a number one fan of Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. you're a believer in Nessie. I want to believe in Nessie. I really do. You know, 2020 was a big year in the sense that we had two verified Nessie sightings for the first time. Um, due to some of the cameras, they leapt up for observation that people could tap into and, and kind of monitor the lock and see if they could sight her. Uh, I do think that on the scale of aquatic monsters, Nessie is one of the lesser likely ones just because of the evidence that we have. Mm. I think uh, Lake Champlain's Champ is probably, I'm more confident in the evidence that Champ definitely exists than I do in Nessie, but Nessie is my homegirl and she's my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one more question and then we'll get to the taco news stories of the week. Um, What is the conspiracy theory that you swear is 100% true? Is there one out there that you swear by or do you pretty much Mm. believe all of them? Which is not very good these days to believe in conspiracy theories, but um, what's one of the classic conspiracy theories from from the old days when conspiracy theories were fun yeah. that you really believe in, that you 100% have all the evidence of or, or you know this is what really happened? Mm-hmm. Is there one that you love and, uh, and, and will fight anyone on? JFK. Yeah. Yeah. That he was that he was an alien. <laughs> yes, clearly that he was an alien that came to the planet just for tacos, and once he got him, he kind of pieced out. And the government had to take him out because he they was had, an alien. Everyone he was knows gonna, that he was depleting our taco resources. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all comes back to the Diallo Pass, y'all. I'm so sorry. It's it's not yeah. an avalanche. That's the one that for me feels like it's not even that big of a conspiracy. It's not as you know lizard peoplely, but. My conspiracy is that it's not an avalanche, no matter how many times you say it is. Where do you fall on the lizard uh, lizard people uh, conspiracy? Reptilians. Reptilians. True? Uh, no. Not true. Not true. Okay. I'd be interested in studying it more just for podcast reasons, but I don't believe yeah. it's true. Yeah. I drove through a uh, skateboard swamp where the lizard man is <gasps> from, the Bishopville yes! lizard man. I covered him. Yep. <clears throat> Briefly. It. It it's a it's a kind of a sleepy little town. I could I could I don't know. I don't know what to believe, but uh, they do have a lizard man museum there. Yep. Um, you know what my favorite cryptid is that Rue has ever done? Oh, I know what you're what? gonna say. It's the squonk. <laughs> yep. Squonk. Yep. Is that the Sasquatch skunk? No. Skunk Sasquatch. So the squonk oh. is, I believe, in West Virginia, maybe. Um, and the. And the squonk sort of looks like a pig almost. Um, it's it's kind of a quadrupedal situation with a snout. Um, very, very, very oh wrinkly. Um, and he cries a lot. And that's how um, squonk hunters can locate a squonk is by hearing the cries and seeing the puddles of tears. And sometimes the squonk, uh, they say that he cries this much just because he's so ugly that no one wants to be his friend. And sometimes he gets so sad that he erupts into a puddle of tears and disappears. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never heard of him. He sounds like a very Disney uh, or Warner Brothers character. He's- yeah. Sounds like an animated character. He does. Um, I will say that artistic renderings of him look uh, very profane. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks um, he looks a little phallic-y. Uh, he, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe not quite weird. on the Disney Oh, market. okay, weird. Yeah. Okay. He's very wrinkly, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, okay. Fleshy. I'll have to... I'll have to be careful when I Google him later. (laughs) 
safe search um, on. Yeah, safe search. Uh, guys, every week here on the show, we like to check the taco news stories of the week. This is called the taco ticker. What do you say? You want to check the taco ticker? Let's check. All right, so this is the taco ticker. This is taco ticker story number one. Chipotle. Do you have Chipotles in Germany, Rue? I don't want to talk about it. There is technically one, but it's like four hours away Ooh, from me, okay. and I'm sure that it's not quite up to they my just standard. Sell... So I have not had Chipotle <laughs> since I've been here. They just sell bratwurst there? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so here in America, Chipotle is launching cauliflower rice as customers demand keto-friendly options. But it costs almost as much as the extra guac. Chipotle is bringing cauliflower rice to all Canada and U.S. locations after a limited release in certain cities. The cilantro lime cauliflower rice is available beginning January 4th for a limited time, though Chipotle did not specify how long that will be. Customers can order the option in place of white or brown rice for an extra $2 per order. Oof. To promote the products, Chipotle said that it will waive delivery fees on orders over $10 or more that include cauliflower rice. What do you think about this? Can I go first on this one? Because this yes. is one of my... Okay, first of all, Chipotle is my love language. So I feel very strongly about Chipotle. One of the second, probably most controversial opinions I have is that I don't like food pretending to be things that it's not. So like cauliflower needs to stay in its lane. You're not rice. You're not pizza crust. You're not mashed potatoes. Just be cauliflower and be done with it. But, you know, I guess that's good for the people out there who like healthier options. But I just, I'm very anti-cauliflower as anything else but cauliflower. Be cauliflower. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't imagine that that's really good in those huge, like, steamer trays that they use. Like, I feel like cauliflower life has a very short lifespan before it's just liquefied sadness. It, yeah. it turns into a squonk, I think. <laughs> we don't want that. Cauliflower is the squonk of foods. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You heard it first here, kids. So you're telling me the squonk looks like is very phallic, and now it looks like cauliflower chunks, too? No, it's just the sadness. The spirit oh, of the, the squonk yeah. okay. is overcooked, right. terrible cauliflower. Cauliflower mm -hmm. does, is a very a sad vegetable. Yeah. I, I always go back to the Parks and Rec when they're seeing vegetables for the first time in that town, and they're like, this is a broccoli. And they're like, oh, no, this one's a ghost. And they hold up a cauliflower. <laughs> It is the ghost of foods. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be taking advantage of that, even though it is very healthy for all I of us. I think ghosts health. are cooler than cauliflower, personally. Yeah. I will say, honestly, this story makes me feel a little bit better about um, Chipotle not being within reach for me. I feel like I'm not missing as much, maybe. Yeah, just stay away. Stay away from there Chipotle yeah. up there, yeah. Taco ticker story number two. A Taco Bell customer was stunned after allegedly finding a gross, quote-unquote, item inside their drive-thru order. I wish I was lying, the customer said. A TikToker, are any of you TikTokers? Uh, I witness TikTok. I don't, I don't do TikTok. Participate. I've thought about it. Okay. Yeah. Jesse? I, I am not on the TikTok. Okay. I send you TikToks. <laughs> you send like, me like TikToks, yeah. and I think supposedly is on TikTok. I, we are, I'm not yeah. A, I don't know. I get enough. What have I seen? It's a life. lot of dancing, and then you and then you like point to things, and words appear, and then you uh, and then you bump your butt against something, and then your clothes <laughs> changes. Is that what TikTok is? It can be. My yeah. my algorithm works a little differently, but it can be. 
Um, so this TikToker <laughs> named Cheyenne Hurst went to take a bite of her Crunchwrap Supreme when she bit down on something super hard that felt like it shouldn't be there. When she looked down at her Taco Bell meal, she realized that what she had taken a bite out of was a lid from one of the nacho cheese cups that had somehow made its way into the Crunchwrap. I was like, what the heck? This is not good. We need to take it back and show them because I don't want it to happen to anyone else, Hurst said in a video explaining the whole ordeal. In another video that now has 1.3 million likes and counting, Hurst showed that she took the Crunchwrap Supreme lid and all back to the drive through window and explained that she had what she had found inside of it. So I found a lid in my actual crunch wrap, Hearst told the Taco Bell employee. You can see my teeth marks like I wish I was lying. I really wish I was lying. The Taco Bell employee, dumbfounded as ever, quickly got her manager, who proceeded to give Hearst a ton of Taco Bell coupons and vouchers. Many people applauded Hearst for how well she handled the whole situation. You were respectful, and in return, you didn't even have to ask for the manager. The manager was summoned for you, one person said. Why can't everyone be like this, another added. Respect for staying calm in this situation. Another people simply didn't understand how a lid ended up in the crunch wrap in the first place. How do they mess up that bad, one person asked. How does that even happen, another added. Thankfully, everything worked out in the end. Okay, I have thoughts. Yeah, okay. I, um, yeah go ahead, Rue. <laughs> first up... Get over yourself, you big baby. When that story started and it was something horrible was found in a Taco Bell, I was like, my stomach was already churning. Like, it's in a finger. Anticipation for all of the terrifying things. It could have been a finger. It could have been a throwback to the Wendy's mouse and the chili. Like, there are so many worse things than a probably pretty sanitary lid from within the restaurant. It wasn't an artificial nail. It wasn't hair. It was, I mean calm down you're fine it sucks it's right. not my favorite yeah. certainly that's not what i want the supreme to be in my crunch wrap supreme <laughs> but like get over yourself my second thought is i love this concept of summoning a manager that feels very supposedly like the the karens of ghost hunting would be like i summon the manager and there's like pentagrams <laughs> on the wall of them just like manager come to me <laughs> Yeah, I think I think whoever wrote the story really exaggerated what was in the crunch wrap. I mean, she didn't choke yeah. on it; she just bit into it. But it is, right. yeah, it wasn't. Well, like, I did a, out. I did a story last year of someone's somebody put a uh, prosthetic penis in a burrito at a Taco Bell. What is a See, prosthetic penis? I don't. I don't like, even know. I don't even know. Like Jesse, you know what we're talking about. They usually have suction cups. Come on, oh, get with the program. okay, all right, I'm with oh. you now. I thought that you meant like an actual prosthetic, like you know, you know how they have. Look, we even covered penis insurance accidentally in we the have. Heaven's Gates episode. So On your show? Was, yeah, yeah, I was wondering if oh. it was somehow related to that, or if they, we could tie it back to that. But yes, okay, if it's a marital aid, that's. I, I shouldn't even call it a marital aid. I don't even yeah. know if that's what it was. You'll have to listen to the episode. It was pretty. Oh, it was man. a pretty in-depth situation. I, I just, um, but yeah, yeah, I think this was kind of overblown. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So every week here on the show, we do a uh, cheesy gordita crime story. This is a crime story that happened at a Taco Bell. Cheesy. 
Gordita crime. Here it is. A man claiming he was armed comes away empty after demanding tacos at an Akron Taco Bell. This is from Akron, Ohio. A man is in jail facing a robbery charge after police say he went into a Taco Bell, claimed he was armed, and demanded he be given three tacos. The attempt to get only three, yeah. The attempt to get the tacos (laughs) didn't work out well for the suspect. Identified by police as DeAndre Barclay, 36, who left the downtown restaurant near the University of Akron empty-handed and ended up being arrested a short time later. Police say the incident occurred at about 9.20 p.m. Friday. When police arrived, a worker met officers outside and told them of the attempted robbery. The worker said Barclay approached the counter and demanded three tacos, reaching into his coat and saying he would shoot the employees. After leaving without the tacos, Barclay was found by officers behind the Taco Bell and arrested. Police say no weapon was found. Oh, okay. so he did He did the whole, I swear I have a gun in this coat thing, give me three right. tacos. I have yeah. thoughts on this. I feel like this is a man who just wants to be incarcerated, yeah. honestly, and needs to, maybe he's homeless or maybe he's in a situation where he needs to have housing and he wants to get incarcerated, but he doesn't want it, a severe crime. Because three tacos at Taco Bell is like three bucks. You could stand on a street corner and have that in like, what, 10 minutes? Just well, yeah, if you're going to go in with a with a gun or a fake gun and demand, I mean, at least get like a Crunchwrap Supreme, Burrito thing. Supreme, Taco Supreme. Yeah, you know? Go big. Like, shoot your shot because you go to jail the same amount for armed robbery if you try and rob like a bank or an Ikea where there's like hundreds of dollars of merchandise as you do for three tacos. Like, know your worth, boo. Shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> we are not endorsing that anybody try to rob no, a bank or an Ikea. No, it's obviously horrible. But, like, if you're going to rob, don't just be like, three tacos, please. Like, that's a cafeteria school lunch. Like, go big or go home. Three tacos is a very basic order, especially if it's just the yeah. plain crunchy tacos with no tomato and sour cream on it. I mean. Um, and, and no plastic lid? Yeah, give me a plastic lid at least, yeah. you know. I myself um, was a victim of a Taco Bell crime once. You were? Yes. I had my credit card info stolen at a Taco Bell near my house, oh. and I will never go back there. Oh, my god! And gosh. they tried to take a lot of money out. I'm oh, so the, pe- the people working there took it? Yeah, I think it was the person working wow. the drive-thru. I think uh. he had one of those scanners because he had my card for a very long time, and mm. I monitor my card every day. So immediately yes. I saw the changes, and I'm like, that's the only place I've been. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm wondering how many of these taco crime stories you cover are I Taco have Bell. a huge file cabinet full of them. <laughs> Is it all Taco Bell? It's well mostly this is where that's where all the crimes are happening these days. It's a very volatile place. Interesting. Um, that's why this segment has become a segment on the show. It's just too much Taco Bell crime out there. Um, well, I hope he's okay. I hope he, he gets yeah. out of jail, and I hope he really didn't have a gun. But maybe Jesse's right. Maybe he just needed a place to stay that night, or else he should have gone full. You know, give me the, um, uh, what's the drink they have there at Taco Bell? The Baja Blast. Baja, Baja Blast, Blast. Yeah. yeah. At least get a Baja Blast, you know? Or, or you have to go full, like, 1920s bank heist and be like, he had to say something clever, like, I'll give you a Baja Blast if you don't give me those tacos. <laughs> right. And yeah. then you hold up, like, your Tommy gun and you're also wearing Dora. <laughs> that would be a rad. Like, if he yeah. went in full gangster clothes and had a Tommy gun and said, give me three tacos or I'm going to Baja Blast you into the next century. 
here's Something what we're like going to do, Bill. We're going to yeah. go in there and we're going to Baja blast them to high heaven. <laughs> oh, gee, a- Muggsy, do you really think we ought to? <laughs> I tell you what, Peaches, we got to get them tacos. I that think we found our sequel to Pirate Party. There you go. That's it for the taco ticker, guys. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this break. Eat tacos, win prizes. Let me say that again. Eat tacos, win prizes. The KCK Taco Trail offers a flavor-filled experience through more than 50 taquerias in Kansas City, Kansas. Download your free KCK Taco Trail Pass to find your way to the tastiest tacos in Kansas City. So what are you waiting for? Get started at kcktacotrail.com. All right, this is Town of the Taco. Town of the Taco. Kansas City, you're the place I love. This is where we talk about the town that the tacos are in, Kansas City. I have a Kansas City cup here, and we are going to pull topics from it and discuss. Jesse, you have pulled topics for you and Rue. Jesse, do you want to go first? Um, I will give Rue her topic first because it's the only one I've unwrapped. And I hope you have enough time to record because I feel like this is going to be a long one for her. Her topic is things I'd like to change about KC. Things Things I'd I'd like to change about KC. Okay. Rue. I don't know how political to get. Uh, (laughs) I think we could use some less negative situations around how we treat housing in Kansas City. Right. Yep. Um, eviction's been a big thing lately, and I have a lot of people who are kind of boots on the ground in Kansas City working on the eviction policies during COVID. Um, and I think that's huge because I think people are getting into some really negative situations. And while it's kind of funny to joke about saying you're going to hold up a Taco Bell for three tacos in, in case you need a warm place to sleep, the truth is it's like sub-zero where y'all are at right now. And that puts a lot of people in a really unfortunate spot. I love Kansas City. I say it with, you know, a, a heart full. Um, but yeah, I think my city could do a little bit better in how it treats um, eviction and homelessness. I agree. Jesse, do you have anything um, you'd like to add? Absolutely. And I think, as always, we need to continue uh, racial awareness and really mm-hmm. support the Black Lives Matter movement. Because... Um, yeah. Racism is just such a prevalent thing, and it's everywhere. Um, and I feel like Kansas City is no different in that sense, and we should continue to work and grow in that area as well. Absolutely. There are huge issues with um, the chief of police that I know about. Um, and, and so just a lot of reform needed. I think Kansas City is an incredible place. It will always be my home. I can't wait to go back. But we definitely, like so many places, need to make a change for the better for everyone in Kansas City. I agree. Jesse, uh, what's your topic? My topic is hopefully a little more lighthearted. Right. But if not, yeah. we've already talked about tacos. baby murders. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Best. This is mostly a po- political uh, podcast, but so I'm glad okay. you got some politics I was in. I say, it's also not a me and Jesse podcast if we don't talk about racism <laughs> and like horrible baby murders. So that's just kind of on par. Um, okay. So I've got best place to get pizza in KC. Oh, it was National Pizza Day uh, last week. Did you guys take advantage oh. of that? I partook. You did. I partook in pizza a day every week. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I probably did by accident. I ate pizza, like, actually this afternoon for lunch. So what's your favorite pizza place in KC, or do you have a couple that you really love? Okay, you're going to have to help me out with the name here, because off the top of my head, I can't remember it. It's Stone Creek something? Stone Canyon. Stone Canyon, yes. Yeah. Stone Canyon Pizzeria. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Original Pizza in Blue Springs has my heart. They make a killer Greek salad. Oh, yeah. Original Pizza. Isn't that a chain, though? Local. Local chain. Yeah, it's a local chain. Really? I love Original Pizza. That would be on my list, too. My original pizza is the one at um, on College Boulevard. That's my favorite. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. And my brother-in-law used to work there growing up at the at Met- oh, Metcalf nice. South had an original pizza. He's got some good original nice. pizza stories. Yes, love their pizza. That's probably one of my favorites oh, in yeah. town too. All right, so guys, we got these tacos to eat. They're waiting for us. I cannot wait to get into these tacos. And Rue, you've got tacos to eat. Let's put these tacos to the test. Let's do this taco review. We've got tacos from Salsa Grill in Mission, Kansas. Jess, Rue, have either of you ever eaten at Salsa Grill before? I don't think I ever have, no. Not before, but I'm eating there now. Ooh, this salsa, though. Mmm. Oh. I hear it's really good. Your reaction is uh, telling me it's good. <laughs> Spicy? Um, well, I, I'm so sensitive to spice that even a little spice will do, um, but it's the perfect amount. Like, it's spicy enough to make my eyes water, but in mm-hmm. a good way. Rue, you made some tacos. I did. For at home. What did you make tonight? Um, so I did a marinated beef taco. It's um, steak, and I've got some guacamole I made and then topped it off with some queso fresco and a, a red sauce. Nice. So we've got steak. Nice. Got three steak and uh, two chicken, one soft and one crunchy. Jess, you're having the crunchy chicken. I am. Uh, which or which one are you going to start with, Jess? I I'll start with the crunchy chicken. Okay, I'll start with the soft chicken. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to dip it in the salsa because <laughs> I can't get enough of the salsa. That was a good crunch. Mm. It's a very mm-hmm. good crunch. Aru, do you not? You don't allow Jesse to eat on the podcast. Is that true? I, I do not. It is frowned upon, mostly because, so I edit our podcast, and mouth sounds are not great for me. Um, <laughs> and also just because we're not in the most ideal recording environments a lot of the time, and, and bag crinkling is very noticeable. Oh. Yep, that sound is my favorite. <laughs> so, Rue, when you're back in KC, or in KC, mm-hmm. what taco places did you uh, frequent? Oh. What are some of your favorite taco places in KC? Man, um, so it's been a minute since I've been there. I loved Rico's Tacos Lupe over on Southwest. They were probably my favorite street taco joint. Very good. Yep. Mm, so I just had a bite of this chicken soft taco. Rue, you're eating your taco. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what are your thoughts on the chicken taco? I love the chicken taco. The shredded chicken is just very nicely, lightly seasoned. And the cheese... What kind of cheese would you say this is, Dave? It's like a white, mild... Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Although, it's just straight up chicken and cheese. They didn't really leave any room for lettuce or cilantro or, or toppings. But I'm dipping it in the salsa, and that is just putting this thing over the top. We got it to go, and um, they, they leave a little pile of, chi- uh, of lettuce, tomato, and... Um, did you put any cilantro on your on your chicken? Not on my chicken, just on my steak. Rue, I gotta I gotta ask, yeah. are you a cilantro fan? I love cilantro. If I had the soap gene, I probably would not have made it alive this long. That's my girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not a soap person. I am not. I love cilantro. It's it's one of my favorite flavor profiles. 
So are you enjoying your um, your tacos, Rue? I am, yeah. I make these um, pretty frequently. Sometimes it can be kind of hard to find the ingredients just because uh, most of the ingredients are only accessible on our military base and... When everyone's kind of in the mood for tacos, the ingredients go pretty quickly. So you got to get in there and get it. I do. Yeah, that's unfortunately I have flour tortillas tonight. Corn tortillas are my preferred, but those were all ransacked. I will say it took me about a year to discover that cilantro is called coriander here. Oh. Um, And so I just thought cilantro didn't exist for about a year, and I was very, very sad about that. I'd made tacos this way, and I was like, they're just missing, like, the, the, the cilantro's just gone. Do you need me to ship you some corn tortillas, or would, do you think those would end up like the Kinder eggs? <laughs> uh, after our Kinder surprise, I, I don't think that's the greatest idea. That was quite a surprise. I Did they confiscate some, some Kinder? No, I mailed Jessie some for her birthday, and I thought I'd pack the box tightly enough, and she opened the box actually on our most recent episode, and she's like, oh, wow, there's just a, a piece of chocolate sitting on top. And I was like, um, that's not right. Hold on, send me a picture. Because I was like, maybe someone went through your box. And no, she just had three Kinder Surprise eggs that were just smashed to bits. They were the just box. desecrated. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was very on brand for us. Mm-hmm. Dave, tell me about your taco. It was delicious. The chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something pretty controversial. This is one of the most delicious chicken tacos I've ever had. What? Oh man, Dave! It was a uh, this might this might upset some people. It was a wet, cho- it was a wet taco. Okay. But not a dripping wet taco. Mm. If that makes any sense. All right. The, the chicken was very. This is a word that upset some people. Moist. It was some moist chicken. Um, it is but very I enjoyed moist. It. Mm-hmm. Did you, I mean, what did you think of that chicken, Jesse? I'm still eating it. They packed this taco so full of chicken. I feel like I got a whole chicken breast's worth of meat in this one taco. And it's perfectly cooked. It's just wonderful. Perfect. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't, guys. I'm not usually down with the flour soft shell, yeah. but this flour soft shell was good. I didn't mind it. What other weird words do they call stuff in, in Germany? Rue? Oh, well, a lot of German is just really unique because it's, it's pretty easy for me to read um, because a lot of it's kind of based, like there's a lot of common ground with English, but they just smash about four English words together and that's one German word. So it's hard to listen to, um, but yeah. Well, what about the word Untersetze? Excuse me? An Untersetze is like something that you put a hot pan on so it doesn't come in contact with oh. like your table or co- uh, okay. countertop. And it's one of my yeah, absolute yeah. favorite German words. I have not come into contact with that German word yet, so thank you for teaching me something new on this podcast. You're welcome. I'm happy to teach you a little German. <laughs> What's the most upsetting German word that, you, that you've read or seen that you're like, that just doesn't sound like an enjoyable thing? Oh man, I, any any of them that are are yelled at me because I'm like, oh, that just means I've done something so stupid and American. Um, I I can't recall any that are. I think I will tell you my favorite German word since I can't come up with a really terrible yeah. one. Uh, so the German word for birth control, Ooh. and this is one of those instances of mashing words together, is just anti-baby pillin. <laughs> anti-baby pillin. 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 Yep. That's so awesome. you're like, I need some anti-baby pills. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yep. So that's always my, my favorite German word. 
That's awesome. Yep. Um, Pumpernickel's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's German, and I believe mm-hmm. it means nose goblin, and it's a type of bread. Pumpernickel? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means nose goblin? I think it's nose goblin. It's something goblin. We could look that up That's real quick. That's awesome. It's something in that realm, yeah. yeah. I have looked it up before just trying to buy it, yeah. Yeah, because isn't, is, is it the nickel that's the goblin part? Snickle? Because aren't there a lot of goblins with their last names are like nickel or snickle? Actually, yeah, we covered that, that for Haunted Holidays. You did? I did. I, I covered a lot of uh, goblin type. I covered the Yule Lads, who are up uh, in some of the Nordic cultures. I did Krampus, who is the bad Santa of Germany. I love, the, I love that story. <laughs> okay, Jesse, let's, uh, let's move on to the steak. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do the steak. I just squeezed like a whole lime on it, so it's nice and ready. Mm. Now, these are some nice corn tortillas on these, on these steak. Oh, these are corn tortillas? I thought they were flour. But yeah, I guess you're right. Mm. Soft corn. I put some cheese from my uh, chicken taco in this one. Ooh, good <laughs> idea. But you're, you're a no onion on a taco, right? If it's grilled onions, it's different, but no raw. Where do you fall in the onion debate, Rue? Mm. Uh, I actually have both grilled onions in my, in my steak, and I have raw onions in my guac. So I am a non-discriminatory onion believer. Mm, nice. Oh, this is good. I just yeah, poured a little bit. There's some big chunks of steak in these um, steak tacos. I just poured mm-hmm. a little bit of the salsa verde, and I'm going to try that with the salsa verde now. Oh, my God, my face is on fire. Jesse, <laughs> you're struggling. It's really hot? Yeah, the verde is really hot. Oh, no. See, I'm jealous. I'm like, I didn't make mine quite spicy enough. Mm, it's more of that just... black pepper. It was right. great. Yep. Dave, what are you thinking of the steak? It's good. It's a, I like the big chunks of steak. I'm not a fan of when there's like the skinny, the skinny mm-hmm. cut steak in a taco. I like it when it's just a chunk. I like a big chunk, you know? Nothing wrong with the chunky taco. <laughs> no way. Nothing wrong with that. It was good. I think I like my chicken better, but this was very good. Oh, I don't know. I think I like them equally. But that chicken taco is probably the best chicken taco I've ever had. Now, so Salsa Grill says they have the best salsa in Kansas City with a name like Salsa Grill. They gotta. What do you think of the salsa? Um, I'm going to take a bite right now just to kind of refresh my palate. I just had the salsa verde, and it was hot, but very flavorful. Rather robust, I think. Um, so now I'm taking their, what would you call this, restaurant-style salsa? Cantina-style, maybe? cantina, yeah. Let's try this. I love the cantina-style. This is amazing. Yeah, let me mm. take one here. Whew. It's got heat, but not too much heat. Just enough to get the taste buds dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is great. Really good. This is the medium. This isn't the mild. So I got. I went with medium. Mm, just because I wanted a little call. bit of a kick, but not too much. There you go. This is great salsa. It's so good. Have you noticed they put a little corn in there too? Is there? Mm, yeah. I certainly ate some. Wow. It's good. I just Can dipped you... my steak taco into the cantina salsa. That's a great idea. Are you having any salsa yourself, Rue? Um, I have a little bit on top of my tacos, but I don't have like a, a cantina style. I've got just a little bit of a sauce. Do you remember a time when you had some salsa at a Kansas City Mexican restaurant and, and thought to yourself, this is way better than other, other places salsa? Is there a salsa that, that really sticks mm-hmm. out to you? There was a taco truck, and you guys are going to hate me. It was a taco truck, and it lives only in my memory because I can't remember which one it was. It was down at First Friday, and they would do the big taco truck gatherings. 
And I I don't know what it was called, but that one was probably some of my favorite that I've had in KC. Yeah, man, I miss those taco trucks. Mm-hmm. Those were the days. Back when we could go outside <laughs> and mix and mingle and share salsas mm-hmm. with friends and neighbors. Wow, this salsa's great. Really good. I can't I can't keep my chips out of it. <laughs> okay, Jesse, let's um let's give our final review of Salsa Grills Tacos. Mm. Do a, a scale of one to five golden tacos, five being best. Right. Oh, okay. I'm going to do an average here. So chicken taco, five stars all the way. Best chicken taco I've had. Wow. I do wish they would have left a little more room to zest it up with your own toppings. You know, throw a little cilantro in there. Salsa, five stars right off the bat. Perfect five amount golden, of heat. Five golden salsas? <laughs> yes, five golden salsas. Um, steak taco? I'm going to give it about a four. It's delicious, but I don't, I don't know. It's not the best I've had. So I think overall, I'm going to go with 4.5 golden tacos. Very good. Um, I'm going to go 4.2 out of five golden tacos overall. Delicious chicken taco. Amazing salsa. I could go for more of those steak tacos too. That was very good. And if you dip it in some salsa, that steak taco is amazing. Yeah. So we really liked Salsa Grill. Oh, I forgot to ask Rue. What yeah. do you rate your own tacos that you made tonight? Oh, I I will give them a generous three golden tacos. <laughs> they get the job done. They're nothing too exciting. But you know what? They get extra bonus points for being in Germany. Do you feel your tacos were held back by your you not being having access to the right materials to make those tacos? I do, absolutely. And I also feel that they were held back by the fact that I'll have to wash dishes after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tacos always taste better when you have a clean kitchen. Right. Yeah. I forgot to talk about the chips. These are perfect chips. I'm huge on the very thin cantina-style chip. I don't like a thick chip. Um, yeah, these are good. These, I, I, like them that, I like a greasy chip. I do like mm. a greasy chip. Do you, do you agree? Or how do you like your, your chips? Not soggy, but if it leaves a little grease on the fingers, yeah. Got to have something to stick that salt to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is. It's got the perfect amount of salt. So we love the tacos at Salsa Grill. but And there are some other people that loved them as well. This is a segment of the show called Good Reviews Read in a Funny Voice. Bad reviews on Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Jesse and Rue, I sent you some good reviews from Salsa Grill. Would you like to choose one of those good reviews to read in a funny voice? Who do you have there, Rue? Clint M. says, How have I never walked in this place? I work out right down the street and do my laundry next door. I think I never really took the place seriously. But then, through the grapevine, I heard it was a bit of an area institution it certainly did not disappoint super friendly wait staff and personable bartender slash bartenders the chips and salsa are top notch they give you a medium and hot but neither are all that spicy everything is homemade and you can taste that taco tuesdays are chicken or beef tacos for a dollar 75 a piece and definitely a great taste to cost ration For an extra 50 cents, you can have your choice between several sides, rice, beans, veggies, etc. And, just a note, 
I saw that they even have a, quote, keto bowl for those of you terrified of carbs. I loved it, and I can't wait to make it back. Four stars. Wow. He really liked it. I guess. I like the idea of being terrified of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made that one really stand out to me. I like the British uh, accent. He needs, maybe he needs to come on supposedly and talk about a time that carbs scared him. <laughs> it is a bit of an area institution. It's right there in the strip mall. It's right next to Italian Delight. And um, I guess there is a gym there. I don't think it, it used to be a um, Hobby Lobby. There's a lot of weird changes oh, okay. in that parking lot. But I think Salsa Grill's been there forever, so... Um, Jesse, who do you have? I'm going to do Stephanie O. Okay. I love this little place. I had no idea it was even there until last year. The service is always good. The place is clean, and the servers are very friendly. I have never had to wait more than 15 minutes for a table on a busy Friday night. Beware. They are closed on Sundays. Darn it. I love Fido, and there aren't many places around to get that Mexican staple in Kansas City. I usually get the monetary skillet for lunch or the monetary chicken enchiladas. They offer two very tasty salsas as you sit, and I'm sure you have, they have even hotter versions as well. The frozen drinks are yummy and reasonable in price. <laughs> Still one of my favorite spots for Mexican food. Went last night with friends and couldn't complain. Five stars! Wow, she loves that place. I guess. I'll be surprised if you have listeners after that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is this who is this valley girl that just jumped on the show? I know, she just like got through security and everything. <laughs> who gave her a mic? <laughs> well, yeah, it is closed on Sundays. That's a good and yeah, that, that is kind of sad because that is a good day to go just eat a bunch of chips and recover from your Mm-hmm. Saturday night parties, but um, they need a day of rest. Sunday is a day of rest. If you're making delicious tacos all week, sometimes you need to take a take a break. You know. Well, to recap, Salsa Grill, Mission Kansas, six five zero eight Martway, Mission Kansas, six six two zero two, home of the best salsa in Kansas City, and a very delicious chicken taco. Um, they are open for carryout right now during the pandemic, and they also have some seating inside, but they do have a nice carryout system that we took advantage of today. So we'll be right back after this break. Hey, taco lovers. It's your old pal Dave from Taco the Town here. Let me ask you a question. Have you had a chance to check out the new podcast from Taco the Town executive producer Chris Garibaldi? It's called the Lost and Found and Rewound podcast. It's a movie review podcast where Chris and his old childhood chums, Jim and Rick, review cinema favorites that they watched growing up and they remember being great. They watch the films again with fresh eyes and determine if the movie that they once loved as teens holds up or if the movie should be lost to the bin of forgotten cinema forever. They've already reviewed Wicker Man, Sharky's Machine, What's Up Doc, The Blues Brothers, and recently, friend of Taco the Town, actor Michael McMillan stopped by to discuss the movie Midsummer. These guys know their stuff. They know their movies, they know their music, and they also talk a lot about the band Soul Asylum on the show. So if you're into that, get lost and check out the Lost and Found and Rewound podcast. Available now on Podbean, a member of the Lotus Pod Podcasting Network. And now, it's time to get serious. It's time for Taco Topics. All right, this is Taco Topics. This is where I ask you in-depth taco questions. 
I just I've got taco questions. I've uh, I need your taco answers. All right. Don't be afraid to bear your taco soul. <laughs> Rue and Jesse, uh, here we go. Are you ready? We will talk it. about it. All right. Here we go. Question number one. What's the one thing you look for in a taco? The number one thing oh, okay. I look for in a taco is going to be the flavor, of course. You know, I, when I look for something as far as a taco restaurant, I want something with good reviews, great word of mouth. But when it comes to an actual taco, it's got to be the flavor, flavorful ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's probably going to be quality. I get a little nervous when I see like shredded cheese or that shredded iceberg lettuce. I want authentic. I want a good soft shell, street taco style vibe. If there aren't fresh lime wedges on the side, I'm a little nervous. Ooh, yes. Good note. And you need some coriander in there. (laughs) Something along those lines. I gotcha. Um, Do you prefer hard shell or soft shell tacos? Soft shell till the day I die. Soft corn? Ideally, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. Those are, like I said, those are hard to find here. But soft corn is, is my everything. I like a combo platter. I like them crunchy. I like them soft. I, I'm a very taco positive person. I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you. Hot or mild salsa? For me, I, I love hot. If it's a really flavorful mild, that's okay. But I mean, after 2020, I just need to eat some spicy stuff just to feel alive. Like I just want to feel <laughs> something. And I feel like capsaicin is really what gets me going for that. Right. <laughs> Medium. I like it to have that impactful like tingle and make your lips feel like they're alive, like Rue said, um, but not too spicy I, I said that I'm none crying. Of that to clarify, <laughs> I did not say a spicy tingle in my lips. <laughs> I just what? want to preserve my image here. Let me hear what I'd like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're, but you're good with a little bit of lime. You got to have some lime on there too, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the more lime, the better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, favorite side dish with tacos. Chips and salsa, chips and guac, chips and queso. Yes. All of the above? <laughs> All three of the above. Queso. Queso, okay. Queso. Uh, uh, what about F, Mary, kill, salsa, queso, guac? Oh, man. Going to put your feet to the fire on this one. Fuck salsa, Mary, queso, kill guac. Um, Mash that guac, kill that guac, mash <laughs> it up. I, I would F guac. It's it's good. You know, it's a fun, exciting fling. I would marry salsa because I feel like salsa is always going to be there for me and have my back. And as much as, you know, I, I feel like I would stand over the queso and be like, this hurts me more than it hurts you as I just brutally murder. <laughs> I might want to change my answer. I think I also might marry salsa. Um, it's dependable. Fuck queso, kill guac. Because salsa, you're right, it goes with so many things. Yeah. It's dependable. It's always going to be there for you. You can get bad queso, but it's really hard to get bad and salsa. And like I'm going to say, salsa makes you breakfast in the morning. Have you ever had a breakfast burrito with some good salsa on it? Like I am dramatically against breakfast tacos. You're wasting literally a third of your opportunity to have tacos in your life. What's wrong with you? That's a really good point. <laughs> Most of them have potatoes in them. Tacos. They have potatoes in them a lot of the times, and I'm very anti-potato and taco. Like, potatoes okay. don't belong in tacos. I'm kind of anti-egg in a taco myself. Yeah, I kind of 
feel the same yeah. way. Like, I feel like the breakfast taco is great in theory, but in reality, a missed opportunity to have I actual mean, I'll, tacos. I'll and eat call it. Them I'll eat it. Breakfast. But I, but I like eggs in a different way. You know. Okay. Yeah. See, maybe yeah. it's because I go more the the wrap version. I don't know okay. that a taco is the right vessel, but a good little right. wrap. You get okay. a little sizzle on the outside, press it. Yeah, we're good to go. Okay, just as long as you don't say the B word, we don't talk burritos here on Taco the Town. Okay? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, a, a you haven't a mentioned them yet, rap. and I've been very, I, I've, I've been very happy that you have not brought that up yet. <laughs> I think um, I said it. I'm sorry. You did. You're oh, fired. Yeah. I just kind of got to block that out. I'll log um, off now. I'm sorry. If you're not eating tacos, what are you eating besides pizza? Oh, chocolate. Or is it? Or is it pizza? Chocolate. Because you are a junk food aficionado, right, Jesse? Sadly. Um, now that I've hit 30 and beyond, uh, that's not working out so well for me. But I, uh, up until that point, it was junk food all day, every day, whatever I wanted. Nothing stuck. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, I love to cook. I really enjoy cooking. Lately, I've really been on a homemade ramen kick, so that's probably what I would be noshing on if not for tacos. I'm a big pasta person, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, pasta. Yeah, like spaghetti is my, if I can't think of something to make, it's always spaghetti. In your opinion, is Kansas City a good taco town? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, we're right in the middle of the map. Um, we've got a huge uh, Mexican immigrant population, um, and a lot of those folks have shared those recipes that they've brought with them with us, and I'm so grateful for that because, wow, is there some good stuff to eat in Casey. Big time. I know this might be a little controversial, Uh-oh. but I would think that we are the taco town. I mean, I know we've got places like Dallas and Austin and all that, but as far as Midwest goes, mm-hmm. I can't think of a better Midwest city to get a taco in. I'd go as far as to say we are the, the Midwest taco capital of the United States. Yeah, I would agree. I'd definitely agree with that. Have you ever had a time in your life when you've had to turn down tacos? Would you ever turn down a taco? Mm-hmm. I did once. What the? I was set up on a blind date by my sister, which I should have known was a mistake going in. Because she's like, she likes to seek revenge in weird and innovative ways. So she set me up on this blind date, and I show up, and it's this Mexican restaurant that had um, air fresheners stuck to the bottom of the table. And my... Blind date proceeded to open with telling me how you can embalm dead cats using Diet Coke, and I had to call that date real short before I oh, got tacos. No. Oh wow! So the tacos didn't even make it to the table yet. No, it was terrible. I needed out of there because I'm I'm a cat lover and I'm an animal lover, and it was just there's no coming back from that to me. Okay, you don't even have to love animals to know that when someone starts talking about how to preserve a body of anything on a first date, before the food even gets there, we have a problem. That was the opener. and But it's not just that he was talking <laughs> no. about it, because, you know, we're into some creepy things. It was yeah. the gusto at which he was talking about mm. it, the passion, the way his eyes lit up during different parts that I was like... I feel and like you torture animals like, a little bit. I feel like embalming is not a place to cut corners with household items. And I love Coke and I love cats. And like, those are my two <laughs> passions in life. <laughs> those are my passions. You oh didn't want to go see whatever was in this guy's basement. No. I didn't want to leave the place with him. I, I felt unsafe. So no, <laughs> no. Yikes. 
Rue, would you ever turn down a taco? Well, my answer before Jesse opened her mouth was no, but I mean, I think anyone in that situation is wise to abandon ship ASAP. But luckily, I've never found myself in that situation. Do you have any taco no-nos or taco phobias? If it's on a taco, you will not eat that taco, or what mm-hmm. makes you stay away from a taco if you see it on a taco? No seafood, no potatoes. Okay. No ants. No embalmed cats. No, I'm playing. Um, well, I'm not playing, actually. That is a turnoff. I don't really have any taco no-nos. Like I said, you know, the, the white people taco night is not my favorite style of tacos. But, like, it still counts and if I'm hungry enough. Um, yeah. I would say no plastic lids. But other than that, I'm right. good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm That's with the you last there. time um, I invite you to ginger taco night, Rue. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is the speed round. These are different taco types. I just want to know yay or nay on these. So just say yay or nay on these different taco types. Are you ready? Let's go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Taco pizza. Nay. Nay. Taco salad. Yay. Yay. Taco burgers. Nay. Nay. Taco dogs. Nay. Nay. Dogs dressed as tacos. Yay. Yay. Taquitos. Yay. Breakfast tacos. Yay. Nay. Nay. Walking tacos. Yay. Yay. Tacos with a shell made out of a fried chicken breast, a naked chicken chalupa. Nay. Nay. Tacos with a shell made out of a fried egg, a uh, slippery breakfast taco from Taco Bell. Nay. Nay. Okay, nacho fries. Yay. Yay. Okay, good. Okay. So you guys are you're pretty, uh, Rue, you're pretty yay on a lot of that. I, I'm, yeah, I don't discriminate. Like I said, if it's a taco, it, it, gets, my, it gets my vote. What was your big nay? Taco burgers or taco dogs? Both? Taco dog taco is dogs. pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not um, a lot that can be dogged. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a fan of chili dogs? No, they're the one exception, but I think okay. anything more extreme than that is like, all right, stay in your lane. Now you're in Germany. That's a big dog country. Uh, yeah, you're, they are you dog eating a lot of, there. A lot of bratwurst? Be. That may be part of why I feel the way I feel. Uh, I enjoy some bratwurst. Currywurst is a big thing here, which is when there's Ooh, a what's that? very sweet curry idea flavored sauce on your on your weenies. Um, and that's an okay. interesting... It's just weird how sweet it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually also a um, chicken nugget dipping sauce at McDonald's here in Germany. Is You can get sweet curry sauce. What's the German word for chicken nugget? Chicken McNugget? I, it's still chicken McNugget. It's copyrighted. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's like Das Chicken McNugget. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, yeah. Um, what's your favorite song to listen to in the car when you're on your way to get tacos? Something that gets you really mm. fired up. Backstreet Boys. Ooh. Everybody, <laughs> Backstreet's back has kind of ruined my supposedly theme song, and I, I, it's some I tacos. Yeah, yeah. Are they sexual? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna say it's it's probably me and Jesse in a car together, and we're having a dance party. So yeah, we're we're rocking out some Backstreet. Backstreet, okay. Yep. I do enjoy okay. the the playlist of Backstreet. So, final part of the show is random taco question of the week. Random taco question of the week. Rue and Jesse, uh, each of you throw me out a number, and I will read you your random taco question of the week. Seven. Three. All right, let me get into my I was gonna uh, pick seven. Everyone stack of papers. Seven. I know. I was going to go with three then because yeah. I turned 33, so it seems like... Maybe yeah, everyone does pick seven three. and three. They're already they've already been read on the show. Oh, okay, fourteen. Um, no, that's good. <laughs> okay. These, they're good ones. Twenty nine. 
29 is a good one, okay. too. We can do all okay. three of these. Question number three, if tacos weren't called tacos, what would you name them? Heaven. Crunch Loves. Heaven and Crunch Loves? Yep. <laughs> yep. I like Crunch Loves. Maybe Heaven Pockets. Ew. <laughs> or Pocket Heaven. So we've been um, watching a lot of South Park lately, and I feel like that's, my brain is going to some horrible South Park uh, places okay. with, with Pocket Heaven. Crunch Loves. But if they weren't crunchy, they'd be Soft Loves. Oh. Soft Loves. Yeah. That sounds like a pillow company. Yeah. That would okay. associate with Trump. Random question number seven. Um, if you were building a pinata and you could put anything of your choice inside the pinata, what would you fill your pinata with? Antiquities. Haunted antiquities. <laughs> yep. Or cursed or magical antiquities. Uh, historical items. Like made of metal that would fall and injure small children once they hit it with a bat. There aren't children invited to this. This is just my pinata. Oh, this is just you. Okay. She hits it so hard all the ghosts You guys fall can out. come. Uh, Rue. Rue, what would you put uh, in a pinata? I would put Kinder Surprise it. open. They're just in smithereens like they're for Jesse's birthday. <laughs> now, isn't it true that Kinder... Ken, yeah. Kinder eggs were like outlawed in the U.S. for a while because they had little plastic toys on them and kids would choke on them. Well, why so did they suddenly? Germany, why are they okay to have here now? Um, and the not. idea, yes, is that a okay. capsule about the size of an adult thumb is a choking hazard to small children because in America, apparently, children just eat these chocolate eggs like velociraptors or ovoraptors yep. just in one full yeah. bite. Actually, I can speak to this. are more sensible, I suppose, and can be trusted with capsules. I actually know the nifty nostalgia history of the Kinder Egg. And basically, in Germany, the capsules are actually smaller. And because they are enclosed in the chocolate, the U.S. kind of sees that as a choking hazard. The Kinder Eggs, the Kinder Surprise, <laughs> eggs that are sold here. Um, their capsule is an Americanized capsule that can actually be seen through the chocolate. So that's how they get away with the regulations in U.S. It is a different capsule than the one used in Germany, which is why I, my personal conspiracy theory is that the post office deliberately smashed my German Kinder eggs because they are illegal. Now, is there a dark history behind Kinder eggs? Like, was there once a child encapsulated in chocolate and he died inside the... the if this is on your podcast, that's probably the dark history, right? Is that true? Well, did something Actually, like that happen? The chocolate is made of sea monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it all circles back. <laughs> chocolate sea monkeys. Yep. We've come to the end of the show. This is the oh, end. No. <gasps> I'm so sorry. Um, we, so we've eaten the tacos and we've, we've talked a lot. Um, do you guys want to um, tell everyone where they can find your show and, and kind of a little bit about your show yeah. as we sign off here? Um, so we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at supposedly pod. And you can listen to us just about anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts. And if you have a story that you'd like to have us cover, or you have a personal experience that maybe has happened to you that you'd like to tell us about, uh, you can email us at supposedlypod at gmail.com, or you can hop on over to supposedlypod.com, and we have a nice little form right there for you to fill out. We'd love it if you come say hi. And you have new episodes every Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yep. We release on Tuesday, and we will bum you out then. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> so while you're getting your Taco Tuesday tacos... Listen to Supposedly and get really bummed out about scary stories of dead teenagers in the, in the mountains of Russia and 
women getting beaten by oars on boats and their ghosts haunting lakes, right? Yeah, that's about it. Absolutely. And the squonk who, who cries himself <laughs> into non-existence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on the show and thanks for talking tacos with thanks me. For Wait, Dave, us. can we do... Can we do one more thing just before you go? Yeah. So when Rue and I always sign off, we say thanks for joining us on Supposedly, and we all say Supposedly in unison, and we'd love to invite you to be part of our Supposedly sign-off. Okay, yeah, sure. So if you do feel like checking out our podcast, we'd love to have you come listen to us on Supposedly. Perfect. Yeah, good enough. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Taco the Town KC. Please rate and review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. Thanks to Matt Allen, Chris Garibaldi, and the band Sun Eaters, who write all the music you hear here on Taco the Town. Their catalog is available on lotuspool.com. And until next time, go eat some tacos! Stay safe out there, everybody, and remember to support your local taco spots. Have a good one, everybody. Lotus Pod.